My friend and hero, Tiffany Marler, DaleWileyShow.com. So I'm now talking again to my friend Tiffany Marler. Is that right? Yes, it is. Right. And so I asked Tiffany to come on the podcast and talk about the CARES Act in Missouri. And so for my friends that don't know about this, tell me about the CARES Act. Well, if this isn't a difficult subject to break down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, break it down. (laughs) Okay, we're going to break it down. So. The CARES Act started way back in May when we first started getting our funding. And, you know, when you break break it up, we we as in the state of Missouri. Okay. Um, Because of the COVID thing. Because of the COVID-19, yes. Okay. Um, And when you break it down, the allocation for the funding, if you look at the, if you just go online, Okay, everybody in Missouri that can be allocated funding for the CARES Act funding down from the federal government to the state level in Missouri. This is real easy. Just type in your browser CARES, C-A-R-E-S, Act funding, and then Missouri. And it's going to take you to the main site. And that's the paperwork that I sent you. Yes. Now. What it does is it sends you to a main site, and it gives you the breakdown for just the state of Missouri. Okay. Now, we have 50 different political subdivisions for counties that are all receiving different funding. Okay, now, why? Because there are more counties of that. Exactly. Now, the reason why is because if you have a certain number of people living in your counties, then you fall into a different subgroup category for what okay. type of grant funding that you can receive. Okay. It's just political political subdivision, private entities, and nonprofits, and then you've got government entities, depending on if you get FEMA, SEMA, and government grants. Now, all of those started and I've already went through. I looked at those earlier before we got on the phone. Uh Those have already went through with the Treasury Department. Those went through first in May. Those were the emergency funds that went out. Right. Right. Now, those were like the the payroll protection programs and the small business loans. Right. All of those. Now, July 28th here in Jefferson County, right? We re- right, we received a oh, what do you call it? And it just like an um, executive order, you know, just a release, I guess you could right. say. Um, an administrative order, you know, that came down from our county executive Dennis Gannon that let us know that our CARES Act reimbursements for political subdivisions, private entities, and nonprofits has come out. Okay. Now, under the CARES Act here in Jefferson County, we have received, let's see, $26,406,492 to be exact from okay. the Federal Treasurer's exact, Office. Please. Yes, <laughs> we're going to be exact. <laughs> right. Now, every county should have, should, I'm going to say should, because we have our own county executive. Now, you're going to sure. check with your own county. You should be able to 
go on your own county website or your own county, like Facebook page or your own counties. Just everybody has their own county site. Right. You should be able to go under that and look and see what kind of reimbursements for these political subdivisions, private entities, and nonprofits that you're being allocated, if you're being allocated any. Okay. Now, these monies are being allocated from the federal treasurer's office. Uh-huh. Now, there was another um, site that I sent you to as well right. that had said that we were allocated $22 million for the state of Missouri. That was what I was talking about at the very beginning. Those were the emergency benefits that we had received. These are the other benefits that the Treasury's office has decided to figure out how do we allocate these funds. Okay. Now, these are those other ones that they've been holding on to since May because they had to figure out how are we going to release these funds. The federal government has allocated to each state how do you release the funds, who do you release them to, and so forth. So on May 6th is when we are being made available to have the our political subdivisions, local businesses, and nonprofits. Now, of course, we all had questions. Why, if they were released on May 6th, are we just now getting the message on July 28th that, that, that we're having these funds released? I can't answer that question. Um, I don't know why it took so long for an immediate release. Um, That is something that I'm still trying to uh, get answers for, I guess you could say, because according to these orders, you know, they're saying, of course, there's many requirements and regulations from the state and federal levels to determine who's eligible for these reimbursements throughout our county here in Jefferson County. Now, I have looked this up on the main database, and you can go to the Treasury Department's website. That's where you go, the Treasury Department's website, to find out who is eligible (laughs) for these reimbursements. Now, for the nonprofits, and I've already contacted the Treasury Department about this because, like for us, we do so much policy and legislative work and victim I can't talk, sorry. Victim advocacy mm-hmm. that we are a five twenty nine C nonprofit. Right. So Another and that's, C. Right, exactly. And this these CARES Act money here in the state of Missouri and I've talked to other partners around the country. Now Missouri has not allocated And this is not from a federal level. This is from a state level. They've only allocated it to be reimbursed to 501c3. Okay. Now, that cuts it off from any other nonprofits to be able to receive any of this grant money. So I I know. Right. (laughs) So I've contacted the treasurer department. I've contacted Fitzpatrick's office to try to figure out why. Why have you stopped any of the non- other of the nonprofits from receiving this. And I did go right. down the whole entire list to see if any of the child victim advocacy, human trafficking, any of the 38 coalition members from Missouri Kate had received any of these yet, just to double check so I would not be speaking out of my butt. And no, but none of the part <laughs> right, none of the partners that we work with 
that are 501c3s, none of them did receive any of the nonprofit allocations out of this CARES Act. So this is when they can apply for So it's to be determined yet if they will receive any of this. Right. So, right, why exactly. Let's ask that, though. Why wouldn't they receive it? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Um, we're going to find out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I got told in the fall of 2018 about that gag order, but I think that gag order is pretty much going away um, okay. with that special session. But the thing is, is that's what we're going to get into after I finish about this because I received it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have one other thing I want to talk about, but I do want to finish yeah. up about this CARES Act. Okay. Um, now, they did, the county, mm-hmm. each county, along with the state, has developed a working group, a CARES working group, okay. where they're developing an electronic application process okay. <laughs> that is being implemented internally um, and reviewing for proper compliance. Now, they have to do this because they have to allocate where everything goes. And everything has to be tracked from a county level or city level to county level to state level back to federal level. Okay. It's to track where everything is verified and so it can be re- their allowable reimbursements go. Uh-huh. Um, there was forms on the Secretary of State's website that you have to fill out to, you know, you have to say who all your board members are. You have to say all of this. You have to write yes. everything in. Exactly. Um, for political subdivisions, starting on Monday, August 3rd, this is the other thing, you know, we get this on July 28th. They say the funds have been released since May 6th, but starting right. on August 3rd, political subdivisions can start doing their applications. But what they didn't tell people is that if you go back and you look at the links from the state of Missouri, you could have been doing this since the July. Okay. In August, that's considered round two of the actual vetting, you know, application processes. So what we were actually getting these immediate releases are the round twos of the CARES Act. These were not round ones. These are round twos. Huh. Right. So if you're not up to date on all of this and if you're not actually involved in all of this process, you don't get all of the accurate information because they right. don't the mainstream media does not announce all of this. Yeah. Um and unfortunately it's during a political election season, so they're not gonna yes. announce all of this. Yes. Now one thing I want to ask is because I had a friend asking about this, what do you okay. know about the public housing and the housing assistance stuff? Where could they go to find out about that? Okay, for the city or the county? For counties. Like for counties. For public yeah. housing on assistance for counties, that is going to be, ooh, that's a hard one. Right now, well no, well, no, I mean, right now, all of the help for public housing assistance, like to help with their rent, is that what you're asking? Yes, that is. That's okay. Exactly. 
when I was looking up the information, a lot of people are going to the nonprofits to uh, because these this CARE Act money can be reallocated to help people out with their rent. Okay. You know, all of these nonprofits can ask for this money to help people out with their rental assistance. Okay, I see. Exactly. Um, we could, like the five hundred ones can offer this out to help people out with rental assistance. So you've got all these, right. yeah, you've got all of these 501c3s that actually go out and do community, you know, community uh, assistant projects. Uh-huh. And and I know there's many of them out there in Missouri. That's just, that's not yeah. my scope yeah. of practice. Yeah. But that's what this is for. And that's where this private entity and nonprofit comes in. So starting on like around Monday, August 17th, in Jefferson County, the uh, private entities and nonprofits, that's when they will be eligible to start their application profit, uh, process through okay. the Jefferson County Economic Development Corporation website. And that's at www.jeffcountymo.org. Okay. Now, Great. Right. Those applications for those private entities and nonprofits will close for review on Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. Okay. Now, it does say here that all contact information for questions and instructions will be provided in the application. I do want to read this one little thing it says here. It says, once all documentation is received and reviewed by the EDC, the county auditor will check for accuracy, then send onto the county CARES working group for review. The working group will review and verify all documentation, and then the application will then be forwarded to the county executive. So like for us, that's Dennis Gannon. Once approved by the county executive, the recommended application for reimbursements will be put on a future county council meeting agenda for the county council's final approval for payment. Again, this multi-tiered process will ensure that all funds are spent in according to the law. So you got to think, all of this is going to still take months. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So if anybody's still looking for the rental assistance for housing, this you've got people fighting in D.C. for for yes. more money. Okay, the, you've got the stimulus checks, you've got the unemployment checks, you've got all right. of this stuff still being fought in Congress. Now, this is what I do know. This is my forte as far as policy and legislative okay. issues. Then you've got our people here in Missouri that have been holding on to money and I'm trying not to stay not get political about this right. <laughs> <laughs> they because I am just really not they have been holding on to money and it's an election year and they should have allocated this money a long time ago okay. and that is not just my opinion this is a work group that we have all been working on and we have all been advocating for this money to be released months ago. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not the only one that's been back and forth to DC. And when I say that, I mean, virtually because of, of course, because of COVID, none of us have been, 
actually going to D.C. But, and we have been making waves. We have been making a lot of push moves, and we have been pushing a lot of legislation, you know, and with the Earn It Act, that's, you know, S, Senate, ah, Jesus Christ, Senate bill, you know, in the House, Senate, I can't even talk. I'm so sorry, Gail. 3389, that's in D.C., you know, Josh Hawley, you know, he's co-sponsored it. We got him to do that while I was there, and that's going to be a great bill for us if we can get that passed, but there's a new pressing issue now here in Missouri that has happened that went along with this CARES Act reimbursement. You know, you get one good thing happen, but then you get another thing that our Missouri administration does. Okay. <laughs> you know, you get a good and then they throw a bad at you. It's, it's, it's really like a give or take with this current administration that we've been fighting. Uh-huh. And so we get, I'm just going to say, you, you get Parsons in, okay? And you, you get him to finally release the, these funds, which we did. Right. But then he turned around, and it was kind of like, okay, well, you made me release these funds, and I'm just going to go ahead and throw Senate Bill 1 at you now. And it was like a smack in the face to all of us who worked on HB 397 and helped to get Okay, well, tell me in those numbers, what could I gather from that? Back for more after a break. DaleWileyShow.com Because there was something in the water in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, don't forget me. I'm Brenda Lee, and we're all going to have fun tonight on Ozark Jubilee. Missouri Music Podcast, hosted by music fan and the founder of Slewfit Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. More from Tiffany Marlar, DaleWileyShow.com. Okay. So in Senate Bill 1, there is a section that is okay. 2-1-1, I call it dot, but it's point zero. Seven one, okay? okay. Now, this section of it is in direct conflict with everything that ensures that juveniles are absolutely treated as juveniles in a court of law. Okay, okay. kids win Missouri. Missouri kids first which is they and their mainly main task is ending child abuse and right. MOAP M O A A P you know they work together they they sure. they just sent out a huge memo and 
of course, we, you know, we are No More Tears 21-4, and we work on a federal level, and we bring, we're part of, we just got inducted to the NCOSC, the National Coalition of Sexual Exploitation, there in yes. D.C. this year. Well, we talk and, about, we had a book coming out. I want to hear about yes, that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I sure do, and it launches by March. <laughs> yes. Uh, it'll be the first of three, and it's it's telling about my uh, my long long road, how I've become right. a huge advocate for sexual trafficking. Definitely, or against sexual trafficking. Let's not let's you're you're against the idea against sexual trafficking. Right. Yes, <laughs> how I'm a victim advocate and an advocate to end sexual exploitation right. and human trafficking exactly. in exactly. in the United States, and it's no, a big thing. But we know we're and, Well, we are, right. I mean, I am working with international partners right now as well. We've got a five-year, yeah. we actually have a liftoff project with Nigeria Nigeria, after oh, wow. we went to the Sea Summit. Exactly. For oh, And we're just little old us, you know. Right. But we are, we are now part of 220 coalition members in the world, you know, in the United States that works on a worldwide global level now okay. to do this. And who published that book? You do. <laughs> <The> Heroes, <laughs> and Heroes and Miracles. Yes, well, nonprofit. That is right. It's a nonprofit. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. And I, I could not be more humbled by by this. Well, I, it's just so wonderful, and I just, I just think that you are so incredible, and I think you exactly, totally emphasize what I want to highlight here. No, thank you. All right, so keep going. Keep telling us what we need to know. Okay, so with this Senate Bill 1, this is what our pro temp Governor Parsons, because he's not duly duly elected yet. um, Exactly. Exactly. He uh, he decided to throw Senate Bill 1 at us right after the Global 2020 C Summit ended. And I just want to throw some stuff at you for everybody to know. Um, we okay. have some really big concerns with this. What Senate bill, and anybody can look it up, Senate Bill 1, and it's been all over the news. So, I mean, a lot right. of people can understand that this bill, you know, it's going. what it's going to do is it is going to allow – juveniles between the ages of 12, Dale, 12 and 18 to be put in prison and jail with adults. Okay? Yeah. Child, children, children. Yes. So they're wanting to certify juvenile as adults. Okay. Right. They're wanting to raise the age effort. And now we did, they did sign, the raise the age effort was signed into law in 2018 and it's set to go into effect in 2020. Okay. okay. I mean, 2021. I'm so sorry. Um, now, this effort was to ensure that juveniles under the age of 17 were a adjudicated in the juvenile court setting. Right. 
Um, but they're cons- we are all concerned that this section, this two two 211.071 in SB1, it, it's going to be in co- direct conflict in the spirit okay. of ensuring that the juveniles why does it want to do that? What what is the what is the even the concept of this? You'd have to ask them. We, I mean, I can't. I'm not a mind reader. Um, sure. Exactly. See, because we like in. I, I would just like to read. We've got some statistics here that I because this is what it's doing. It's. It's adding provisions which allow for more juveniles to be placed before a judge for a certification as an adult is what it's oh, doing. Geez. Okay. Wow. Right. So. Why do they need to do that? That's crazy. I, I don't know, but we the, here are <laughs> oh. some of our here are some of our fiscal year. Um, I want I want to I want to read this off because right. this is very important. So as recently as Missouri's fiscal year 2019 disproportionate minority contact action plan, Missouri noted the desire to reduce the number of youth by color being certified as adults. That's right. That that was a that was a great action plan. So in the fiscal year 2018, Missouri certified. Now mind you, this is certifying young people between 12. Right. Well. Exactly. They certified 41 juveniles as adults. Okay, now listen to these numbers. 26 of them were black youth. 13 were white. One was Hispanic and one was an Asian Pacific Islander. Right. In 20, fiscal year 2018, black youth accounted for 63% of the certified youth. But oh to create parity or pariety as they say. Parity, the yeah. state yeah, the state <laughs> would have yeah, the state would have needed to be at seven. But we were at thirty three. I don't understand that last you pause so, that so tell me what that means. To be at the federal level. Okay. Wow. Uh, we needed to be at seven. We were at sixty three. Wow. So racial disparities, you know, they take le- they take they're in our justice system everywhere, okay? Right. And everybody's concerned about on on just the juvenile and the criminal and yeah. the ex- and you're turning these kids into just pieces of meat for the adults. Okay, right. So we've got different levels of concerns. So on the risk, increased risk of abuse, we've got who? They are children in adult detention are five times more likely to be sexually assaulted and twice as likely to be physically assaulted by other inmates or staff. Now listen, this is a, this is a bad thing. Or staff. Oh, yeah. compared to juvenile facilities. They are also subjected to increased exposure to violence in adult facilities. And this abuse and exposure to violence may have devastating long-term consequences for the victimized no juveniles. No yeah, they, they're also, let's see, they also have dramatically higher rates of suicide. And they're also, let's see, um, I'm just trying to, 
kind of read off of this one because I could go in on and on. I'm trying not to do that. I <laughs> we, this is right. This is amazing and so the CC everybody needs to know about this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then when we talk about recidivism, okay, this is a big thing too. Um, when we expand this, the children, you know, they're not adults. So right. therefore, you know, when you look at children between 12 and 18, there's a lot of stuff that happens between 12 and 18. Their brains are growing. Oh, Neuropsychological cool. chemistry inside of the brain. Now, this is where my medical stuff kicks in. They should not be treated as adults. This is where we start as our nonprofits and our NGOs, and I actually have been talking to a lot of people. I understand that we are now considered a grassroots nonprofit. We okay. will become a 501c3. We are in the process of looking right. at filling out the paperwork for that because we yeah. have to expand here at No More Tears. Um, right. So we, excuse me, we understand that with recidivism, we, and that word is so hard for me to say, <laughs> we, um, <laughs> these children this, I don't even know if you knew this, but our prison system here in Missouri is going to privatize prisons. Oh, I just hate that. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. So when you look at this, when you take the money away from the nonprofits who are into victim advocacy, when we're right. there, we're into ending human trafficking, into ending sex slavery, ending, right. ending the sexual exploitation. When we were working with Ambassador John Cotton Richmond, when we yes. were working with everybody in D.C. this year, we have a six-month project where we are working on changing the narrative away from victim-blaming, victim-shaming, and getting the narrative back onto the traffickers, the sex right. buyers, the sex yes. sellers, finding out why the states are not actually enforcing the federal mandates and statutes and laws that are already set in place to arrest these people. Right. And this is what we're doing. We are actually, like I've started my two podcasts, we are actually setting forth knowledge and education to, like I bring stuff back to Missouri, Kate. I'm setting work group policy. You know, we're starting a policy work group at Missouri, Kate. I'm sorry. Tell us what the podcasts are. My podcast, well, I've got two. One is just No More Tears, 21 for Nonprofit. That's our business podcast. Okay. Um, that's our organization's podcast. That's very, um, like this one, it's very <laughs> kosher, business-like, talk, <laughs> talks about yeah. what we need to spread information on. Like the first one that I did, well, the only one that I've done so far for that is the information that I needed to spread about changing the narrative with the ambassadors. Right. Uh, word, words and meetings that we had. Um, I do more on mine because I can speak my mind. It's uh, my voice for theirs, and it's with the number four. And okay. it's on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Radio FM. Um, it's on all of those channels. And uh, exact, thank you. And I was actually asked to start that by the media group at NCOSC. So I'm right. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm spreading the truth. And I'm just trying to get the truth 
out there in the loving, caring way that I can. Yes. And, but that, that podcast is more for my activism voice. Right. Right. (laughs) Because the truth does need to get out there. We really do need to still have that strong voice here in Missouri for our children, for our people who are still in chains, for our people who are still being held. This is not just about kids. This is about adults as well. This is about partner violence. This is about domestic violence. This is about all kinds of violence. Right. We we have Senator uh, Brian Williams, okay, Uh, the one... I might get this wrong. I'm going to say 116th, 114. I I just know that he's up there by Florissant. I'm so sorry. I'm probably getting that wrong. There's so many there's so many different representatives right. and senators sure. now That's working fine. with me, but his name's Ryan Williams, and he um he's working on SB 16. That I do know. Okay. <laughs> so we are one of 35 states in this nation where it is still legal, not illegal, but legal for police officers to grab you off the street or while you are in their custody, to forcibly rape you. And if you try to turn them in, they can say it was consensual and you can't do a damn thing about it. Wow. I found that out from the federal government, not our government. So SB 16... And he's working with me on that because when he found out that I knew about it, he was like, oh, can you work with me? (laughs) (laughs) Because I actually brought that information back, and he had no clue that there was an advocacy agency working on policy and legislation. My gosh, yes. So when Missouri Kate, which is our coalition against trafficking and exploitation, found out that I went through all 2,000 bills, and broke it down with the director of human trafficking at the attorney general's office and turned in 153 bills for a social justice reformation for the wow. state of Missouri for this new legislative year. I uh-huh. said, here, take this and do something with it. Because I was busy in D.C. They did. So they started a bunch of work groups. And now we are going to officially have a policy work group at Missouri wow. Kate starting this next year exactly so that what missouri first and kids win missouri and moap is asking is that they remove this section of 211.071 oh my gosh it is because instead of this provision being in senate bill one they're asking you know that the government of Missouri, the administration, they're hoping that that they continue to focus on juvenile reform programs that address root causes. This is their exact worrying, listen to this, that they hope to continue our focus on juvenile reform programs that address the root causes of juvenile delinquency, which include adverse childhood trauma, mental health issues, food insecurity, and other socioeconomic issues that drive youth to commit such crimes. Now, listen, do you remember in our last talk, 
that our research study, our research study is coming out in my book, the Socioeconomic Generational Trauma. So I wonder where that term is starting to hone from. Listen, socioeconomic generational trauma is something that runs rampant in this, this whole world. And it's something that I've been asked to come back and give a speech on in six months, okay, at the next summit, at the next global summit. Nine months. And so that's nine months away. We gotta get the book. Out. No, 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 no. I'm, oh, I, okay. I, I'm gonna do many. No, I, I'm doing more. But I'm just saying. I spoke okay. on it. I spoke <laughs> on it this year as well, but they weren't expecting it to come out this year. Okay. So everybody was floored when they found out what we were working on. Yeah. And coming from a 35-year survivor's perspective and medical perspective and tying it all together, they were like, oh, my God, we had no clue you were doing this. And the next thing I know, I get a phone call, and I'm going to be in this Women's of Empowerment magazine for nonprofit management and victim advocacy. So, I'm so happy to have you on the Heroes of Miracles. I love that. I I really appreciate cool it. That. But I'm going to tell you what, this is not something I ever wanted to do, Dale. This is I really <laughs> wanted to be in the country listening to crickets and minding my own damn business I know, because I know. you're not going to do that. That's, I no, until I can until somebody else can t- carry this torch and until yeah. we can get some great policies and procedures in place in this country and in this state right. and and somebody and you know we can get the bad 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 actors out of, you know you've got to get accountability is very key okay right. we've got some bad actors that are higher ups and we've got them being funded by bad actors but that yeah. always got, trickles down to their, yep. those guys are protecting the law enforcement officers, and then the law enforcement officers know who the sex buyers and the sex, you know, dealers are. Right. And same with drugs or whatever, but just specifically right. speaking with children, you know, they know the vice cops and the district attorneys, they know who they are. So what we are asking, like from the ambassador's office of the United States of America, okay. are asking – why are these district attorneys and why are these vice cops not arresting and prosecuting these people? Because way back when 2018 HB 397 was passed, and I found this out from the federal government, that bill released the jurisdictional standards for the attorney general on the state level to allow jurisdictional district attorneys to prosecute human trafficking and labor trafficking on a jurisdictional level, which is why the state of Texas this year, in 2020, the governor signed off on a piggyback bill from HB 397. So now two states have the same exact bill for child protection laws, but yet we had a gag order on it, so therefore we didn't have prosecution. Exactly. So people like Kim Gardner that, Mm. we've been trying to get done and it didn't happen. And then in, I want to, I'm just going to say over a year ago, Uh our St. Louis human trafficking task force was literally disavowed way under the radar and nobody heard about it. Okay. It was never published. It was never talked about. 
Wow. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in the state that the public does not know about because our media is not even allowed to talk about it or they can get fined and sued. Well, that's the point, and this is why we need you to do the stuff. I know. And I'm so thankful that you're my friend, and I'm so thankful that you've been on the podcast again. And I'm thankful you're my friend, you, Dale, and I'm thankful <laughs> that you gave me this opportunity to tell these people Well, this everything. is just wonderful, and I'm so happy that we got all the way around, and that all the talk we did, the CARES Act and the HB1 and everything else. Or whatever that other one SB1. was. SB one, yeah. <laughs> it was all good. I know, so I know. That's, right. that's why I, I had asked you. Give me a second. Let me read everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. DaleWatershow.com. <laughs>